Right now at Safeway, save on all your favorite home scents and cleaning products for a fresh, clean home. Shop for deals on items like Glade candles and plug-ins, Febreze air fresheners, Clorox cleaners, Swiffer wet cloths, or Scotch-Brite sponges. Plus, deck the halls and shop for deals on items like mini light sets, holiday wrapping paper, holiday candles, and holiday cards. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is an official download. We've got a great show lined up for you. From thecustardtv.com. On to the internet you go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Luke-free installment of the Custard TV podcast. Um, Thanks for everyone who checked out last week's episode, despite the poor audio quality. Um, I think think we did a good job. Um, We haven't been sacked yet, so that's something. Uh, Joining me is Gary. In the Hello. London area. The London area, although I might as well be in the California area with the quality of my recording. <laughs> yeah, it did sound so, like it sounds like you're on satellite phone at the moment. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. Um, I'm on. Deploy- in fact, he's not in California anymore. Is he? Oh, he is. He's in San Francisco. Yeah, he's in California. Yeah, but he was in LA. Yeah. The first week. How has your week been, Gary? Since last we spoke. Pretty good. Uh, it's been okay. I had a good weekend. I spent a bit of time with my mother. But today I've cooked a chilli con carne in the slow cooker. So you know how it is when you cook things and then you come home and your house just smells of the food. It's fantastic. Yeah. So um, I haven't tried. I've tried a little bit and it tastes really good because <clears throat> it's been doing all day. And I went on a stag do which ended in a fight. Um, well, not ended oh, in a fight. Did, I, did you win? Or? No, I wasn't in the fight. Um, oh, okay. We had been drinking since about three o'clock. We had the uh, meal at about half past six, and um, I don't know the full history because I'm not really friends with it. I don't really know many of them apart from the groom, um, but the groom's stepdad and another guy who I think is a friend of the bride um, got into a bit of an altercation about the stepdad's daughter um, nice. and texting her and stuff, and it just ended with a glass being smashed. Not, like, accidentally smashed, but it didn't look very good at the restaurant that we were Like in. a sort of live-action EastEnders? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. like, a, nice. you text her again, I'll break your neck. Dum, 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 yeah, that's what I was doing, and I was just cowering in the back there. It's awkward <laughs> when you don't know anyone, and you, you're sitting there like, what's going on? I know. It, 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 it's no fun being the outsider in those situations, particularly when, as you say, temp, tempers go... Well, I don't think... I, I I think it's mainly like you don't quite know what's going on and it's uncomfortable because you don't know these people very well. Yeah. Or at all. You can never tell whether anyone's kidding or playing around. Oh, no, around they weren't kidding or, or playing like around. Oh, worrying. You're best getting out of there, mate. Yeah, I did. I got the last train uh, last train home. Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Unforgotten is coming back for a fourth series. Um, 
this was announced this week, but we uh, we thought it would be on the cards for a while, did we not, Gary? I, I must admit, when I heard the news, I was like, did I already know that? You know, I felt like someone, but I know we talked about it, didn't we? And I think Luke was fairly sort of insistent mm. that, you know, it was inevitable well, I, rather than, it was when, not if kind of thing. Mm. Well, I don't think he definitely knew. And I know on, a, no. on an interview he has previously done with Chris Lang, he said that he would have liked just to done the three, so... Obviously, it's still very, it's a very talked about program for ITV and hopefully it will sort of reach the heights of the first two series. Uh, this series, I think, suffered from the the sort of subplots, the the B players. Yeah. I don't think any, any of us were fans of those, but I thought the last episode was still outstanding. And I'm looking forward to what uh, Chris and the team will be doing next. Get ready, Gary. Sky are producing the first ever sitcom for Mel and Sue. Yeah. What's it called? Hitmen. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, come back, Mel and Sue. All three of them. Oh, I know. Is this written by them or yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Both, both. Both. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. No, that wasn't her. That was Holly Walsh. I, I remember Sue Perkins writing and starring. In Heading out. That's it. Now, I don't remember that. Was that any good? No. Okay. And so that not, bode well. nice crossover there. Nicola Walker also starred. Ah. Mel and Sue will play contract killers Jamie and Fran, respectively, two hitmen who are notably terrible at their job and the bizarre mishaps and dilemmas it throws at them. This feels a bit like when Atten Deck did a movie. Yeah, <laughs> Alien Autopsy. Uh, yeah. Um, and didn't they do another one as well, or was it a TV show they did as police officers or something? Or oh, I can't remember. Uh, but there was something else. They anyway, tried to yeah, remake they, the Lightly Lads, didn't they? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that didn't go too well either. I don't know. Mate, I mean, we like Mel and Sue as presenters. Uh, maybe they should stick to that. How far did you get? How far did Gary get? I got a couple get? of episodes into series one, but the subject matter began to take a turn that I didn't like. But it's still David Simon, so I mean, I still, I still sort of stuck with the first couple of episodes. The juice has been renewed for the third and final series, mm. um, which you know some might consider a shame, but three series is not a bad going. No, I think with David Simon, he he get to choose how many he wants because I know there was yeah. Uh, five of the Wire. I think there was four of Treme, which I loved, and I don't yes. think I've ever finished it. I've still got the box set somewhere, but I really, I really right. like Treme, but I know it wasn't as plot heavy for you as the Wire. You like the well, You know, it was a hard go. You mm. know, I mean, like the Wire. I mean, it took me three times to get into the Wire, so I don't, I don't berate you for not having yeah. finished Treme. So I can't do Treme that. Treme was a lot of uh, jazz music and um, like tribal dancing. So if you don't like that sort of thing, then. I'm not into either, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. I I know what you get up to at the weekend. Well, that's right, yes, indeed. Uh, So the second series has just come over to the UK. I think it's just in America Yeah, yeah, Sky Atlantic. So this is a a, a picking up just after the second series, which is good.
uh, Veronica Mars. Uh, there was a uh, obviously we got three series of it um, a couple of years ago on the was it was it been the CW network? You say a couple of years ago. Well, it was more like ten. Two thousand and four. It started. And there was a film that mm. was uh, sort of done by Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, or GoFundMe a few years ago, and now they've announced that there's going to be Rob Thomas. It is Rob Thomas, isn't it? Yeah. Not the guy yes, from Rob... Matchbox Twenty. No, not that guy, and not Rob Zombie, as I have probably have said on this podcast before. Rob Thomas has decided that he is going to take up the option of um, bringing back the Veronica Mars series. A number of people have signed up, Kristen Bell being the main one, but I've, I've seen a few news stories about other returning stars uh, are going to be coming back, and they're going to focus on a serial killer in their local town. They've skipped the very good idea where she worked for the FBI, which they were going to do in Series 4 if they ever got yeah. it, and that they're just going to be reintroducing it as a private detective like she was in the film. Yeah. Did you watch the um, film? I did. I liked it, but it felt like a reunion. And there were certain bits in there that we felt... There were certain bits in there, there were certain... So the certain cast members only did very little. Yeah. And it felt like they just came felt back like for... because it... It, so it felt like a reunion. Well, I suppose that's what it was, but a bit of fan service in some respects, as it was a fan funded yeah. thing. And and like, and I suppose because it was paid for by fans, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And what channel is this miniseries coming to? Hulu. Oh right, oh Hulu, Hulu. which we don't get over here, but um, Hulu was uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Yes, yeah. Hulu. Hulu. Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm. I think we're both big fans of this. It ran from 2004 to 2007. I know you said a couple of years. Your, your, you know, issues with time, I think, are a bit of a, you know, when you get to a certain age. I suppose the thing is, I didn't watch it in 2004 to 2007. I probably only watched it seven, eight years ago, but that's still a long time. I watched it on (laughs) Sky Living, I think. Me and my uncle watched it box sets. We found it, Mm. loved it, and pulled through the box sets like nobody's business. Yeah, Um, the third Um, season was a bit of a... Damn squib, and they did go try and do a fourth season, as you say, where she was in the FBI. And there's a on YouTube. There's a lovely, there was a lovely trailer, wasn't there? Mm. Or kind of like a mini webisode. Where well, she it was like that. the what would have been the first section yeah. of the fourth season, which looked really good. Um, and this film, I can't really remember, which is a bit. No, know, and I think that's the point. I don't think it was memorable. So, yes, Hulu, I reckon that'd be 2019 now. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, and I think part of the reason for this must be that Christine Bell's star has risen significantly since the start oh, of yeah. The Good Place. Um, and, and quite rightly so, and quite deservedly. She's sort of come back from making kind of films that don't exactly go straight yeah. to DVD, but don't make a huge Rubbish rom-coms. She, yeah, I mean, she's really good in the... In when the in Rome, and, You Again, all yeah. classics. Decent films, but nothing else. You say nothing decent. And um, House of Lies she was in with Don Cheadle as well. Indeed she was, House of Pies, as um, someone else used to call it. Not me. Um, Our only review this week is the Netflix series Maniac. Once you begin to appreciate the structure of the mind, there's no reason to believe that anything about us can't be changed. Pain can be destroyed. The mind can be solved. How many of your subjects have ended up catatonic? Zero. Roughly. My head doesn't work right. I thought maybe these people could fix me. Sounds stupid. That doesn't sound stupid to me. Okay, people, let's begin. In five, four, 
Yeah, it's the leftovers. That's it. I've got the names. It's uh, Carrie Joy Fukunaga and Patrick Somerville. Very good. Uh, Fun fact, though, Gary, is that um, just before the release of this, Carrie Fukunaga was um, announced as the Bond director, taking over from Danny Boyle. Oh right. Oh okay. I didn't know that. Oh, that's good. Um, and, and Patrick Somerville also worked on The Leftovers, uh, which we, you know, we talked about on this, on this before. And he also wrote for the Mexican-American version of The Bridge yeah. that none of us saw. And Carrie Fukunaga did a film called Beast of No Nation for Netflix with Idris Elba about child soldiers in Africa. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Right. I remember it. I remember the pre- trailer for it, but I don't remember seeing the film. And it's got some very big names in it. Jonah Hill and Emma Stone are... Oscar nominated, you know, Oscar big actors. Winners. Emma Stone won an Oscar. She went for La 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 so this has a feel of a film quality type show. Yeah. You know, big name actors, big name directors, creators, and it's really got a great look. And the overall premise is that they, the two main actors, uh, Jonah Hill and, and Emma Stone, are strangers who are drawn together by a mysterious pharmaceutical company that are doing a trial that assures everybody of no complications, no side effects. And it's set in a sort of a near future. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're in the current times. I wouldn't say we're far future. I, I don't know, 20, 30 years ahead. And, and Jonah Hill's character, to start with him, he's obviously had previous mental health issues. He's part of a family. Gabriel Byrne plays his father. He's got several brothers who appear to bully him. He's quite withdrawn um, and, and lonely. And he's seeing this trial as an opportunity to perhaps to sort of, you know, get away from them. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Listless. Yeah, she's um the the strangest scene that I've come across, and I've watched all the Twin Peaks and think I understand it, is when she goes to visit her father, who's living in a yeah, who's living in a spaceship in his garden. Am I living in a box? Am I living in a cardboard box? I don't, think, well, how, how, is that, how does that sit with you? I don't think you're a clever person, but apart from that, um, no. Um, <laughs> well, the, something you didn't mention was like the first episode, you're mainly following Jonah Hill up to him being part yeah. of this drug test. His character is uh, Owen. Um, as you say, Gabriel Byrne plays his father, who's like a wealthy industrialist. It's very much like the family in succession, I would say. 
Um, yes, that's a, that's a good link. Um, he's the sort of mumbling black sheep. The first episode is mainly his story. We see a little bit of Emma Stone's Annie. Um, but then her episode is sort of episode two where she's talking about leaving the city and going to see her sister and, as you say, visits her dad in a box and has to blackmail the um, woman who's in charge of picking who does yes. the trial in to, order get to get on it. Um, and then the first sort of... Because as far as I understand from re- from reading reviews and, and like write-ups of it is that the the episodes sort of t- are looking at what happens when they're on the drug trial and the different scenarios yeah. and things like that. And the first one we get, and we're not sure if it's a memory or if it's a role play, is her basically the death of her sister. Yeah, she has a. We mentioned bus crashes earlier. She has a a, a very toxic relationship with her sister, and they get into very quick arguments. Um, and and. She sort of plays around taking pictures and then sticks it under her armpit. Yeah. Um. And um. And and it causes them to have an argument whilst on a road. What on the road trip? Is it to Utah? Are they going to Salt Lake City? Yeah. Aren't yeah. They? Yeah. Salt Lake City. Um, yeah. The sister's going to go and start a new life out there. Uh, they're doing kind of like a road trip. I think it's um. But as, I as well, that, before, I, don't know, I, agree, I don't know whether that's a memory or a, yeah. a hallucination. But very good performance by Julia Garner, who me and Luke really liked in The Americans as uh, Emma Stone's sister. Um, there's a, there's a um, genre or a sort of subsection of movies in America called Mumblecore. And I would say the, the first two episodes, certainly the Jonah Hill episode, the first episode, was very mumbly. Very, everyone was talking at almost like a whisper. There was... There was bits where it was like, here's the plot, here's the doctor explaining everything at the start about amoebas and stuff, and then we've just got to sit through all this sort of family squabbling and then whatever was happening with Emma Stone. I got the impression, like with um, Forever last week, that watching two episodes, you're only really at the start of the series. And yeah, I, that, again, I feel like I need to watch a third to yeah, understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and I think each episode is slightly different, and I don't know, based on what I've seen so far... If I really want to carry on, um, I I like the actors, but I didn't like the characters particularly. No, found it hard to relate. And I, but again, I think that's in design. I think mm. they're hard to relate to because of. But I think that's the way it's written. But I think um, jo- so. Jonah Hill's character should be sympathetic though, because he is. But then he as well, I suppose, has there's there's um, the insinuation that he's got schizophrenia as well, because. People keep talking to him and he thinks he's on a special mission, doesn't he, when he's doing this trial? So that's another element of it is that there are these people talking to him constantly and are they in his head, are they not? I suppose you have to... I mean, this is one way you have to watch the, the entire series to get it, really. I, I, I'm guessing that's the one. And I, ha- I have moved on and started episode three mm-hmm. um, this evening before, before we recorded, so I think I'm going to watch that. Um, when we're finished, you know, so I'm going to keep going. You with let it. me know how it is then. Yeah, and there are 10 episodes. Um, unfortunately, I think I've seen some news where because of the, the star power, they're not going to make a series two. Mm. So, as you say, maybe you need to see the whole of this to see it as a sort of completed work and then base your feelings. So maybe I'll try and do that. And, and, and we'd love to know what Luke thinks as well, and, and you as well. You know, if you've watched this, and I mean, I've seen various websites, various kind of these top 10 sites like Watch Mojo. Yeah. Um, who produced top ten videos? This is their number one show of the of, of the of the autumn. Oh, okay. Um. So that, and that and that confuses me somewhat because I don't I don't see it myself yet. So 
And normally, you know, you can find these things and find something you agree with. A lot of the other top ten, you know, things like Bojack Horseman or um, there's a new series of um, uh, the thing that had Kevin Spacey in it. You know, these House are all things cards. in House of Cards. Yeah, things that you expect to be on there. Uh, this doesn't fit in with that. And you're, at the moment, I'm struggling to understand why. Yeah. So Maniacs on Netflix, you can watch all episodes um, now. Um, and as I say, if you're watching it and you understand it a bit better, perhaps tell us. <laughs> but we'd love to know what you think. Yeah, and um, if we and, and if we should keep going with it. You're listening to the Custard TV podcast, the official podcast of thecustardtv.com. There are many ways you can uh, support the podcast. I don't think we mentioned Patreon yet this week. So if you'd like to give us some pennies and get lots and lots of hours and hours of exclusive content then patreon.com slash the custard tv you place five dollars you get loads of bonus stuff and you can subscribe for a month and then pack it in every every little helps as um tesco used to say um if you can't support us monetarily the best way to support us is either by or both do both youtube.com uh find the custard tv on there um, subscribe and then get liking and sharing them videos folks um, also uh, iTunes if you could give us a lovely review and some kind words we very much appreciate it um, in terms of social media on Facebook the Custard TV Twitter at Matt's TV Bites at Luke Custard TV and at the Gary Show if you'd like to get in touch on old fashioned email you can Custard TV Reviews at gmail.com and now it's Matt with the reviews we will start with the last episode of Bodyguard this one was an hour and 15 minutes um, the majority of it saw Richard Madden's da- Dave Bud um, walking around the centre of London with a suicide bomb attached to him yeah it was kind of interesting how they got to this yeah um, I think I personally, and I said this in my review, read it at thecustardtv.com, um, that I would have liked sort of the first 10 or 15 minutes of this episode to be the, the last bit of the last episode because I think it yeah. would have been a brilliant cliffhanger had it ended with that scene of him in the sewers with the, the vest strapped to him and just wondering yeah. what the hell's going on. The big reveal, uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but, you know, 10 million odd people did. Um it turned out that the sort of the the big conspiracy wasn't in the security service, but actually in the police. Um, Pippa Hayward's character Lorraine Craddock um, had been responsible for orchestrating the bombings and working with Luke Aitken, who was the guy who strapped the vest to um, Bud in the first place. She had been sort of in the pocket of the criminal underworld, and they were worried that the new law that um, Keely Hawes' Julia Montague is going to pass would sort of cut down on their criminal activity and, and put a spot, uh, take powers away from the police, really. Um, yeah, that the security services would be much more adept at phone tapping yeah. and, you know, intercepting and therefore would concentrate more. Uh, do you feel like this, this concept was introduced not early enough? I mean, we I did mean, see, we saw Luke Aiken, didn't we, quite a lot, just hanging around in his 4x4 in the first couple of episodes. and. But the, no, we had no idea who he was at no. that point. No, but I think that was the point, is that he yeah. was sort of this looming presence. And he is, a, I, I remember early on people were saying, well, what's he, he's a known actor, so he's, he's obviously got some sort of role in it. There was a second conspiracy, sort of a smokescreen, if you will, because there was the 
sort of um, theory surrounding the sort of political side of it. And it turned out yeah. that uh, the security service were trying to sort of help Julia's leadership bill by bid by sort of digging up dirt on the prime minister and that yeah, let they, that that sort of sort of fed into the other plot they just sort of almost got lucky didn't they that yeah and i think jeremy curio was trying to make us think that they were responsible for the bomb where in actuality they were just trying to sort of embarrass julia in a way weren't they there was yeah the, this whole idea of the compromat which a word that has just entered the British uh, lexicon for the first time for a long time, um, being this, this sort of hidden sort of smoking gun evidence mm. against the, the prime minister, which she she didn't use, but they wanted her to use or something like that, wasn't it? She she went to the prime minister instead of revealing it. Yeah. Um, and one thing I suppose um, that I liked about this episode was uh, Sophie Rundle, as his wife, actually got something to do this time. She, you know... She was standing by his side, so he didn't get gunned down by the police while he was wearing his sort of suicide vest. Um, Nadia, the the original um, bomber as well, turned out to be a lot more involved in the sort of the plot than than yeah. was originally it, thought. It made sense why they kept coming back to her. Mm. Um, and, and you know, fair play, never saw it coming. No, you know, and, and I think I think great job of acting yeah. and writing by both. David Budd made the same mistake. He thought so little of me, he showed me pictures. What do you mean, thought so little of you? To him, I was a weak woman. I remembered everything he told me about his children, their names, their ages. From prison, I was able to inform my organization. So they could launch an attack on his children's school? Yes. There's another finding I'd like to put to you. We've been able to examine the person-born improvised explosive device David Budd was forced to wear. Forensic examination of the control unit circuitry detected deposits of your DNA and your fingerprints. Why would that be? Because I built the device. I built all the bombs. You all saw me as a poor, abreast Muslim woman. I am an engineer. I am a jihadi. I did love the kind of turn, you underestimated the me. smile, the sinister, yeah, the sinister smile um, was really good, you know. And, and there were times, you know, she's right in those interviews. He got what he wanted. He was leading her at exactly, times, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and and she played it. She mm. absolutely played at all of them. Like, yeah, um, and I really like and the audience. I think because I don't think there's anyone who was saying, "Oh, it's you know, she must have something to do with it." And that's how he presented her from the off. You know, we got that in our heads that this is this meek woman. You know, she's doing her husband's bidding, and in fact, she was designing all the bombs. And if he had just let her go to begin with, then none of the none of what had happened would have happened. Yeah. And that was re- that. I loved that. I thought that was really clever. And um, I, I, I like the fact as well that they, you know, they they specifically set Bud up to be. Um, yeah, that's what the security services had done, wasn't it? They set Bud not up the security, the, the police. Craddock. Sorry, the police. Sorry, yes, the, Mrs. Brittus's uh, plan yeah. was to set her up 
set him up from the beginning because he's got this you know he's got the ptsd they knew about the connection to the guy with the sniper on the roof as well Um, took a long time for that to come out though if they mm, knew that i didn't know i didn't realize that he was part of the plan i just thought that was a a sort of coincidence um yeah so they provided this was part of the plot that i think some people didn't quite get in that it was about weapons that have been brought back from mm. Afghanistan um, that both this guy and Dave Budd had. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, It's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He knew that he could flush out, or thought he could flush out some people by announcing that his, his, his weapon was for sale. I think it was a bit of the plot that some people didn't quite grasp, but I thought it was quite clever. Oh, are we thinking there'll be a second series? I think so. I would agree. Uh, I would say it's more to do with um, the Gina McKee character than anyone else. I, I would agree that she would be an interesting... Um, the irony was she was killed in Series 1 of... Um, Line of Duty. <laughs> of Line of Duty, and now yeah. she's living through this. I At think the there would be something between her and Richard Madden's character that you could do. Yeah. I'm not suggesting a relationship, I'm saying some sort of... Uh, either a task force or... I don't know, the problem with calling it bodyguard is, is you're going to have to go back to him doing some protection, mm. which I don't know how that would work. Uh, um... There's been a bit of criticism as well. Um, some people have been criticising some of the police procedure stuff. Mm. And I know that um, Jed's been sort of batting that away on Twitter quite effectively. A couple of mental health charities are like, oh, is this what you have to... I saw one of them tweet and say, it's funny what you have to do to get an appointment with occupational health. And I didn't, I didn't get that. You know, they dealt with the issue, then they knew they had to investigate. I, I don't feel like that was the main point of the episode. I think that was a bit of a hit and miss. Um and yeah, I suppose some people are going to complain about the nice, nice ending. You know, the look like his family are going to get back together. But the whole, the whole series was so dark at times that it was, it was nice to get a bit. You know, and they didn't actually get back together. They just went out once for mm. lunch. There was the pro, there was the hope that they would get back together. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, um, but no, I, I mean, I, I feel this series started strong, sort of sagged in the middle. But I, I really like this last episode. Uh, just listening to some of the conversations at work, I think there was some confusion. Some people were let down by it. Some people liked it. But Luke, it's a good thing Luke doesn't work with me because almost everyone is calling it the bodyguard. And he would just go, Matt, you know how precise he likes to be. I didn't see Kevin Costner. He's like, did you see the bodyguard at the weekend? No uh, way. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the other thing that I would say is I think definitely it dominated Twitter I think the consolidated ratings will be huge. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think that that means it's going to get Series 2 for that reason as well. Because yeah, I mean, BBC, this successful. the BBC will want a second series. Whether Jed yeah. 
wants to write one, obviously we've got the Line of Duty trailer. So that's Bloody God, all available on iPlayer. Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV podcast. Good to the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. Gary's pick of the week uh, from last week was an Australian drama on BBC4 called uh, Mystery Road, which he's now going to uh, take us down the Mystery Road. Okay, so this is in the uh, BBC4 Nordic Noir slot, uh, where we've seen a lot of great stuff, and sometimes not always from from the Norwegian, you know, particularly from Nordic. We, we obviously saw uh, Trapped from there, which was a little bit further north. I know who um, I, I know who you are, the Spanish drama. That's right, and wasn't and also I suppose Inspector Montalbano is kind of Italian. It's, so, it's you know, mainly Euro, it's mainly European yeah. dramas, though. I mean, you you got, we had the uh, John Cardinal. The Canadian. Oh, that's true. The Canadian one was in that slot. Yeah. But basically, what you have is a young Aboriginal uh, boy goes missing. Oh, he's not young, is he? Sorry, a teenager. teenager Aboriginal boy goes missing. He's a local Australian football prospect, um, uh, but a bit of a bit of a dropout as well. Um, and he was doing a tour. He was supposed to be fixing watering holes, mm. um, and they've discovered that he was with somebody, a local uh, traveller. Jesse. He was a backpacker. Backpacker, that's it. It's, it. It does seem to be a hot spot. This this sort of it's like an outback town, isn't it? It's like yeah. farming country. Loads of cows have gone missing, um, it, yeah. but there is a there's a strong Aborigine conglomerate as well in the. In the it, it area. felt and not because also of the sort of the, the the look of some of the characters. Obviously, quite a Western, almost yeah. a Western yeah, yeah. as well. You know, because the, the main character, the main character is uh, Jay Swan. He's from the south take from that what you mean uh and he's assigned to investigate this crime alongside local cop emma james now she's uh her daughter he, sorry her brother owns the area her father is involved she's quite sort of open mm. you know sort of involved in the local but it seems like a very a, she would, a huge area it's a real small community isn't it yeah. if she was in neighbors or home in a way she'd be one of the like big matriarchs like a sort That's of it. Irene, yeah. what was her name? Irene something in in Home and Away or Madge Bishop or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, she's one of those. But uh, what you've got is a very, I, I would say, a kind of quite a slow moving, quite straightforward investigation. You know that they, they, they've they've got a missing persons out, but they realise that some of the information is wrong. This guy Jay comes in, and, and his style is very gruff and very. Uh, very non-relatable, but he gets answers. You know, instead of being all friendly with everybody, he just says, "You know, are you sure that the car was empty when you left it? Are you sure the doors were open?" And he exposes the fact that one of the local cops was incompetent and, you know, lied about whether the car mm. was running or not. Yeah. Um, therefore, they've wasted a few days in their investigation. And it, it, in that sense, it follows quite a linear. You know, you find out about the fact he had a girlfriend. He had this. You know, you find out they find on CCTV the fact that there was someone with him. And the investigation opens up quite logically. You know, they don't solve anything in episode one, which I quite liked. All you really get is this idea that, okay, you follow clue one into clue two into clue three, which opens things up. Uh, The episode ends with them finding where they left them or where they left, didn't it? And the sort of realisation that it's a huge, massive area but they found something that they they're off to go and look at but that's the end of the episode and the young aborigine um 
football player as well. His brother is in prison and you got the impression at the end that the brother had something to do with it because it ended with like the missing news report and everyone watching the TV and him just sort of like thoughtfully watching it. Well, also, he's due for release, wasn't he, or, or sort of yeah. like, so, I mean, the, 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 the plan, you know, they're thinking there might be a plan with that because it's rather too coincidental that he goes missing. I, I mean, obviously, we're not going to know actors, we're not even going to know creators, but as a single sort of drama, I quite liked it. I don't know whether I'm going to stick with it, I think I'm going to record it um, and, 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 and see how my rest of my viewing goes. But I think the style of it was very good. There, there was the links to Nordic Neuro in the sense that you, you weren't fast. You had a big area to explore. Uh, and and the, the, the cinematography was fantastic. You know, you really caught an idea. Like we said about um, sharper objects. Or was it sharper? Sharp things? objects. Sharp objects. I'll get it right eventually. That feeling of where you were in the south in Louisiana, you really were felt like you were in the outback of Australia. The whole look and feel of it. Um, what did you feel? I'll agree with you there, but everything else, I, I just found it really dull. Um, okay. He's a guy, you know, man of few words. He's got a past. His daughter rocks up about halfway through oh, the episode. Oh, that's true. The daughter rocks up. Um, he's just... I, I didn't want to him. I thought the the sort of, you know, older sort of matriarchal female cop and their sort of chalk and cheese relationship, I found that all a, all a bit sort of... Um, stereotypical, cliched. The the scene I liked the most, actually, because there there wasn't a great deal of action in this, was when there was a bit of a fight at the uh, at the local pub between. Yeah, that was his daughter turned up yeah. and caused chaos. But general, I mean, I'm definitely not going to watch another one. This was very okay. sort of bog standard crime drama. The only thing different here was the setting, perhaps. Um, the the dialogue was very clunky. There was a bit where. You know, she's cross-examining a witness with, with uh, Jay, and then he says, oh, who's that? Oh, it's my ex-husband. It's just like exposition. Much. Oh, yeah, he was the lawyer, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean by that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch another one at some point, probably not next week, maybe the week after, okay. when, when we quiet down a bit on dramas. But... So, so there's, two, there's, two, there's, you... there's two a week, isn't there? There's two weeks, so if you want to watch that Mystery Road, that's Saturday, Saturday nights, BBC Four, nine o'clock. Obviously, you can catch up on the iPlayer, and uh, I would imagine all things will be on the iPlayer when it's finished pretty quickly. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email: custardtvreviews at gmail.com. With the reviews, uh, we're going to Channel Five, oddly, and um, a travel log. Michael Palin returns, at, and he's going around North Korea. And Gary has all the details. Right. So this might be my favourite ever Channel Five show. There you are. I've said it. Take that, the farm. Michael Palin, obviously very famous in this country, a for being part of Monty Python, but b for the Around the World in Eighty Days series, which pole to probably. Pole. He's kind of, I mean, if he's not Sir Michael Palin, he probably should be. Um, for things, for Is he one that sort of turned done. it down? I can't remember. But he, he certainly is well received. And his style of uh, this travel log has influenced a lot of other people. I think when you watch a lot of the other travel programmes, they're all influenced by Michael Palin and Around the World. 
1980 days. He mm. wrote the book and the TV series. And he's visiting North Korea because of the, the sort of like the fascination with the fact that it's a closed off country. Mm. Um, you know, the fact that it's 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 a communist regime. It's, uh, you know, run propaganda, you know, television is controlled. Internet is controlled. So I think that's the fascination. School, the school systems. Yeah. And what Michael Payne obviously does very well is because he plays the kind of very kind of foppish British person. Yeah. He seems to be able to get in there and just diffuse those kind of situations that could be difficult and actually get a, a genuine story out of things. And this first episode, he visits, he visits, you get him going to China first, which gets him into North Korea, goes into the capital Pyongyang. And he visits sort of like the, the, the centre where you've got a lot of the um, statues to the former leaders. He also visits a school to talk about the world, you know, and his experiences uh, in travelling the world. He gets to talk to an English, an English language class, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, no, 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 it's just a normal school class, but they they all can speak good English. I think it's an English lesson, isn't oh, it? Okay. He's there because he speaks English, I think. But... Um, but, and he sort of manages to, as I say, just maybe sort of visit and, and, and fly under the radar. He does have two handlers, I suppose it would be right to call them, a man and a woman. Yeah. And again, the interactions with them are very sweet. You know, he asks them what they'd like to be called. And I wonder whether they've ever been asked that in their lives, what they would like to be known as. Um, and and I, I find it fascinating, even just looking at him going travelling on the trains and his little bits to camera he talks about, you know, you can see, you know, he looks at one side and you've got built up area of, um, I think it's Shandong, the part in China that's on the edge, and then travel into yeah. North Korea and how the different they are. This is it. The Sino-Korean friendship breach is all that separates us from the DPRK, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. As we cross the Yalu River, a stark difference between these two countries becomes clear. I mean, you can just see the Chinese shore is full of tall blocks. So it is an extraordinary... <laughs> that contrast is amazing. Sort of high-rise Chinese northern shore and then southern shore. Completely different fields with much more open, low-rise. I suppose now we are more than halfway across the river, so we're in in North Korea. Immediately, everything looks different. It's as if we've stepped back in time. High security. North Korean military guards on the platform of Sinaju Station remind me that I'm entering a country under totalitarian rule. Um, and he's really showing you around bits of North Korea which other filmmakers probably wouldn't go to, I think. He's not going to um, the bridge between North Korea and South Korea yet. He's not fascinated in the, the, the big red square where they hold all the processions. He does go there, but he doesn't go there during a procession. Yeah. He's interested in what's going on behind it all, which I think is really interesting. What, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was... I mean, it's Michael Palin in North Korea, really. It's, it does what it says on yeah. the tin. 
Um, I like my favourite bit was when he went into the school and there was the girl who said she wanted to be a famous writer and, and oh, read yeah. a poem which was very emotional and and actually shows how beautiful the Korean sort of language and dialect is. Uh, but as he said, this is sort of like the taster. He feels like he's being shown yeah. like a tourist guide of it. Like the telecameras are on. Here's this propaganda. The, I think the interest will come in future episodes when he goes further into the country. I think he's he's like yeah. with the army next week, isn't he? Yeah, away away from the capital and, and the prying eyes. Mm. You know, he did make a, a long part of it about how you know he was interviewing somebody about um, why the statues of the former leaders are smiling. Yeah. And then he was told afterwards by his handlers that was inappropriate. And I'm thinking, well, why? It was a perfectly valid question. But that's just the culture that they're in. And I suppose he's highlighting that you just have to take your Western view aside and don't be critical of why they do certain things. Every culture has its way. They're not harming anybody specifically by doing that. I know there are some very questionable practices in North Korea. And there's some in every country, I would imagine. So I think he's very good at that. And I think the reason that I, I wanted to bring this up, I've spoken to a number of people who didn't even know this was on. They had mm. no idea. Because it's on Channel like, 5. was doing another series. It's because it's on Channel 5, isn't it? Yeah, and I think there should be a lot more people watching this. I think it's a shame. I know I found it because he went on the one show and I was watching that with my mum. Yeah. And he was on it. And I thought, well, I'd really like to watch Michael Palin in North Korea. And, and I did. I know. But I think there could be a bit more... Channel 5 could put this on the side of a bus, I imagine. Yeah. I know he did um, a talk at Edinburgh about it, and also um, there was a press screening. Oh, okay. So I, I knew about it. Um, I wasn't particularly that that keen to watch it, but obviously you enjoyed yeah. it. And I mean, I'm not sorry I watched it, but I don't think I'm not one for these sort of travel-loggy programmes. They're not for They're me. They're not for everybody. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed what I saw, and as I say, if you like Michael Palin and you want to know more about North Korea, knock yourself out, this is the programme for you. It is the return of Strictly Come Dancing. I think I predicted correctly that Susanna Constantine would be rubbish and yep. is most likely to be out first, although... The, the Vic... problem is, is it depends how much the hit... The, you know, if the audience... Because this week was no just judges, yeah, and obviously she's bottom of the list, so you're right. I mean, unless she improves amazingly, which I can't see. Because it's cumulative be scores. Yeah, cumulative scores, isn't it? To be honest, Joe Suggs going to win it, so I don't know why we're going to be sitting around for 12 weeks. I mean, yeah. Um, if you gosh. look at the YouTube views for his dance as opposed to everyone else's, yeah, I think that'll don't... tell. I think that'll tell you um, something about. I'm just going to look it up now, actually. Um, oh, yeah. It was something like on Sunday morning. It was something like one hundred and seventy-six thousand for Joe Sugg as opposed to 
Well, again, but he's a, he's a YouTube star, so yeah. he's just going to be able to get a load of YouTube viewers. Well, I, 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 I believe that, um, you know, a lot of people will be vo- not necessarily watching, but voting. Yeah, I mean, his dance now, and we're recording this on Tuesday, um, has over a million views. Wow. What was your favourite of the of the night? Um, was it Danny John Jules? Well, no, Danny John Jules was good. I don't think he was great. I think that the music helped me with that one. You know, coming out to the top cat yeah. thing, was... And being on first, I think everyone sort of... Yeah. Um, did I think... Did really... I mean, I, I really liked Laura Sted... Lauren Stebbin and AJ Pritchard. I, I did, yeah. That was one of my... Fa- um, because I do feel like there's good chemistry with them. Yeah. Um, athletes do tend to do quite well. Mm. I you mean, know, he, they are. They come in. They talk a lot about how fit you need to be. She's just won a gold medal. Yeah, for and a she only did Paralympic two. Event. She's not going to struggle with her with that. Um, yeah, I think her. I think her. But I do think that. I mean, Graham Swan was surprising. Mm, I, um, I, I, I would too, a bit too. What's the word? Cringy. Yeah, over enthusiastic. I thought. Yeah. I thought that she did very well on two days training. Um. My favourite, and it really surprised me, and I think as well it's the second um, highest viewed so far, is Stacey Dooley. I really liked her dance. She's a bit, a little bit Marmite, though. A lot of people I've spoken to said so don't like her bobbing up and jumping up around and in between stuff. What like, do you mean? Well... She's a bit shouty. I mean, she swore. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of the actual... I'm just talking about the actual you, dance. That's true. You didn't, if you only watched the clip, you didn't see her interviews. No. I, I'm, I, I'm literally talking about what my favourite dance was. Fine. But what I'm saying is some people can't get beyond yeah, her. Yeah, and I agree with the them. I find, I find her very irritating normally, but I really like the dance. I thought it suited her, and I thought it was... I mean, I, I suppose that's more for the professional dancers, the cor- the choreography and everything like that. But that's right. And I, the I, one that I have to, sorry, the only other one I have to give credit to is, and I think the one who is going to get a lot of public support is Dr. Ranch. I was just going to say Dr. Ranch as well. I like. I mean, as I've said before on the on the podcast, um, my friends who've got the uh, the little one, Poppy, she's yeah. a massive fan of Dr. Ranch because of his CBB show. Um, yeah. So I and I think she'll be watching him dance around to Whitney Houston and. It was just very, as um, Craig said, it was very, very camp. I, I felt, and I really felt sorry for Katie Piper. I think she was overthinking it a little bit, wasn't she? Well, I think as well, though, but the judges' comments were her were measured. It was more of an encouragement than it mm. was a criticism. They can tell that she's nervous. And... But Faye Tozer and Ashley Roberts, shockingly, were the top of the leaderboards, um, the two professional dancers. I wasn't a big fan of, of either dance. No, I didn't bad, like but... Pashley's dance. Oh, is that what you're calling them? Yeah, pa- Ashley, <laughs> Ashley and Pasha, Pashley. Strictly Come Dancing did, like, gangbuster numbers, I think it was about 10 million yeah, yeah. Uh, I peak I audience. Million, so, so um, put, putting it on the uh, on the line, Who who's going on Saturday night? Or, or, I'd say, I say Susanna. Susanna, yeah. Um, I'm Susanna or possibly Vic Hope, depending on how well her second dance goes. It's just, it go. it's not necessarily the person who does the worst. It's sort of the person, if you've got like a middling score and you're not yeah. well known. There was there was no lift in this one. There was a chuck, wasn't there, from yeah, someone? Yeah, that was um, Sean Walsh, wasn't it? But, that was it. Who uh, I thought... Um, um, did, as I, well, I thought did as well as was, expected. Yeah, bit better than expected. And I think got a good... The hair comment is going to make him memorable. Yeah. In 
every in coming weeks, and he's doing it well on Twitter. You say coming weeks, he's not going to be there long. Well, he won't make Blackpool, I'll give you that. Um, pick of the week time. Um, yes. This is where we point your face, as Luke always says, towards something coming up in the next week. Um, can I go for the, the cry? Yes, you can. Um, which I'm is the for. new four-part drama. Luke's already seen it. It stars Jenna, sometimes Louise Coleman, um, as a, um, a mother who goes to Australia with her partner and with their baby son, and the partner is campaigning for custody of his teenage daughter from a previous marriage, and um, the um, child goes missing, the, I, I'm assuming the baby. Um, I'm assuming the baby. With devastating psychological repercussions. It's ad- ad- adapted from a book by Helen Fitzgerald, and it's uh, Jenna Coleman and Ewan Leslie in the leads. I am going to go for uh, the latest series of The Apprentice, which starts next Wednesday. Um, I think it does it then move to Thursday, or is it sticking with Wednesday? Because it's done this before. No, it it's always on Wednesdays. It sometimes yep. does two, doesn't it? They, That's it. Previous not... years they've done two and then stayed on one day, but yeah. Uh, but uh, sixteen candidates, which again feels like a blooming lot. Uh, I've seen the preview today. They've had the press release today. Yeah, of the meet the candidates sort of thing. I can't tell you anything about any of them. They all look the same, including the men and the women. <laughs> um, they look very businessy, but well, that's 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 way. normally the way. Yeah. Um, and, and again, the £250,000 cash injection into a business. We're not talking about Lord Sugar hiring them anymore. It is a partnership business. Um, and then, of course, we've also got the return of the You're Fired program uh, afterwards with Rod Gilbert. I obviously, we're on this podcast, we're a big fan of The Apprentice. We have had some dodgy years. You say we? Well, I'm saying we've all talked about it, but not all of us have finished every series. I, I think the last two, certainly last year, I think after the first couple of, I don't think we talked about it past the first episode. I mean, I just, I had no interest in it last year at all. The year before, I think I watched to the final. I can't really remember. Oh, yeah, no, no, it was Alana, wasn't it? It was Alana, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't remember. Yeah. I think the last year we really watched it was the year before. It was Joseph and Varna and Richard and Charlene and that was her name, That's Selena. It. The one who was like the, the big sort of... I mean, the thing is, is that we're, we're at this stage now where it, can they really do anything new? We know what no. we get. We know what the tasks are. We know who the personalities are that, you know, he has, Karen Brady and uh, and, and, and Claude. You know, we know Lord Sugar. It, we know what to expect. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be entertaining. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it is a good sort of like, you know, it's a good lead up to Christmas program. You know, we're going to get two good months of programs, you know, that people have their favourite mm. tasks. and, and I think like those that. days are gone. Anyway, we'll talk about it more next week, but I think those days are gone. I think it is, it's okay. like, it's, it's, it's coming up almost like X Factor now. It's, it's sort Possibly, of, yeah. I mean, it, and we've said before, we think they should, well, I don't even think they should rest it, but certainly I don't want it to continue after Lord Sugar, but that's a conversation for another day, but that'll be Wednesday night, nine o'clock, BBC One, um, for The Apprentice. Okay, well, um, I will have played the plugs already, so we don't have to go over those. Um, So thank you for listening to this. Um, Luke should be back from his American vacay, as they say, next week, unless um, something really unfortunate happens. You're down with the youth there, aren't you? Sorry? You're down with the youth there. You've got all the links. Yeah, something like that. Um, 
yeah, so um, next week, as we said, is um, basically The Apprentice and The Cry, and that's it. I don't know if there's anything coming over from the States. I saw on Twitter, Luke's already seen Manifest. Well, I know that I've seen today. It probably won't be in time for that, but um, later, we've got The Good Place back very soon. I think mm. that's next Friday. Yes. On Netflix. And I think uh, a date has been announced for the return of Making the Murderer 2. That's going to be the 19th of October. Making um, a murderer. Uh, making a murderer. I have that day off, so I will be binging the hell out of that programme on that day. So there's that to look forward to. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.